Hello, and welcome to the podcast, where you can find weekly podcast episodes to discuss about health, wellness, and balancing life during the pandemic. Today, we're going to be discussing about academic success and also share some words of wisdom provided by our guest in order to help benefit you and help make the most of your higher education experience at Fresno State. My name is Robert McGregor, and I am a senior majoring in forensic behavioral science. And I'm Gwyneth Couturio, and I'm a fourth year psych major. We're both volunteers in the Peer Ambassador Wellness Program, and we're going to be your host this week. I'm really excited to welcome our guest to the podcast, Kathy Dunbar. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do at Fresno State? Thank you so much for reaching out and inviting me to be a part of this. I am currently the Assistant Director at the University Advising Center. I also do academic advising and counseling. Um, I've been at Fresno State for 13 years, yay, and have been in higher education eight years prior to that. So this has basically been the career I've enjoyed the absolute most and find the most rewarding. All right, so we're going to get started. Let's jump into the first question. We've heard the term academic success, but what does that really mean? And is it the same for everyone? You know, I love that question because there's always like the standard higher education answer for what is academic success or what is student success. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you what I consider student success. I consider student success when a student can achieve the goals that they have set for themselves in the time that they've set for themselves and have as least amount of hurdles as possible so they can reach their goal. And I think it's not only academic, but it's personal growth it's development, it's making sure you come out a stronger person, the education that you wanted, as well as the experience you wanted. So for me, academic success means achieving your goals in the way you want to achieve them and growing as a person and an individual ready to feel like you know what you can do when you get out of the university. It looks like you play a critical role in supporting our students' academic success. Can you tell me a little bit more about what kinds of things you do as an advisor to help students and what advising looks like now that we're primarily virtual? So advising now across the campus, because we have the University Advising Center, but we also have an advising center for every college on campus. So there are, I believe, eight schools and colleges and then our office. So there's a place for students to go. No question about it. What are the kinds of things that I do or our office does? I'll speak to what I do is I I try and take the mystery out of what's going on. People call with questions all the time about like, I had a question recently, how do I change my, my grade to a credit, no credit, or how do I change it from a credit, no credit to a letter grade? How do I make sure I'm ready to apply for graduation? What do I do to change my major? So there's all sorts of questions and then we just get to answer them and help take the mystery out of it for students. My primary goal with each student I talk to is If they come in anxious, that they leave with peace. You know, if they come in scared, that they leave with some confidence or some direction. No matter what the situation is, we we just went through a week of uh, students who were disqualified, had a brief opportunity to appeal if they wanted to. Those are hard stories. And those are very vulnerable appointments because they're revealing things that they never thought they'd have to talk to somebody about that related to their academics. And so just making sure that person felt listened to, that students feel heard, that students feel understood, and that they are given proper direction. If it's something that's outside of my scope, then I'll refer them to places that can serve their needs. 
many students we served at a health and counseling center because they need additional help or refer to tutoring or support net or other services that we have on campus, just depending on the situation. The advising centers are still doing some sort of virtual walk-in. So during registration or key periods of time, like registration or the new start of the semester, many of the university advising centers across the campus, all the college centers, we still do virtual walk-ins. And to learn about that, just go to their website based on the school or college. We have a link at the University Advising Center website to all the schools and colleges major advising center website. So if students don't know where to go, they can start there. There's a link on our site that takes them to each one. And we also do appointments and we just do them right here on Zoom. So most of our student appointments are by Zoom. Some of them prefer a phone call and some advising centers are really heavy on the email. So you get a lot of quick responses, which is great. So you don't have to wait a week for an appointment as well. So I think at this point, from what I've seen, our advising numbers have actually gone up since the pandemic. More students are seen, more students are emailed, more students are called. So for me as a campus, I think that's a huge success that we're still here for our students. And I just want all students to know there is a place to go for help. Don't feel like you have to figure it all out on your own. Sometimes it's a crazy maze walking through higher education. And so please come talk to somebody that can help you navigate the maze. Some of our listeners may have already decided out on picking a major that supports their career path, while others may be undecided on what they want to pursue after they have graduated. Do you have any tips that you can provide to our listeners on what you typically offer students who are still undecided on choosing a major or career path? Yes. In fact, that's primarily what our office gets to help with is undecided students or students wishing to maybe change a major because they're not sure if the major they started with is the one they want to finish with or what to do. First of all, we'll set up a, we have one hour appointment slots, which is really nice because sometimes it takes that long to actually get out what we need from students so they can feel comfortable sharing. But we first want to learn about the student. What do they value? What are they interested in? What skills do they believe they have? What are some of their objectives if they have some career ideas or even if they don't, what do they kind of have envisioned in their mind of what their career might look like or their job setting might be? So we'll ask clarifying questions. Do you want a job where you're eight to five and then the rest of your days are free? Do you want flexibility in your schedule? So you're coming and going, but it may not be an eight hour day. It might be a 12 hour day. You know, we kind of learn about that. We also connect very closely with the Career Development Center. Uh, Jody Burham is our specific career counselor assigned with the University Advising Center to help students who are undeclared or undecided between majors or thinking about changing. The Career Development Center has a number of career assessments that students can take. They're all free. And then you would meet with a career development counselor. And from that meeting, you can come up with a potentially list of like four to five different majors. And then we can talk to the student about how to change into that. Are they open to being changed into? Because some majors have criteria that they need met first. Um, We'll talk about the pros and cons of each one. And then we'll go back and forth with the career development center as far as like career options, because they're the experts in that. It's a great partnership with the career development center, starting a lot with questions from our side to help the student discover what they might be interested in. It's not uncommon for students during the course of their education experience to either change the option of their major or shift to a different career path. I know for myself, during my third semester at Fresno City College, I ended up changing my major from art to criminology 
because uh, the concept of the class fascinated me of, of the major and then also the yeah. benefits and opportunities that rely in that career field. I would right. say the only downside though about switching my major was the extra classes that I had to take. My yeah. question to you, Kathy, is how would this impact a student's path to academic success if they change their major or shift to a different career path? That's a great question because I do think probably most students will change their major at least once. Very few start and finish in the same major, but most people will change maybe once. I think we've seen statistics that sometimes it's up to three or four times, which is why we want them to see us before they change to make sure they're not going to be changing multiple times. So if a student is interested in changing a major and their heart and soul is certain that they want it, then by all means, talk to that advising center for that major. But if you're not 100% sure, let's talk it out so you can change it once and not multiple times as you consider thinking what you want to do. But it impacts them potentially with longer time in college. It might require summer school to do some catching up if you're running the risk. I think some majors, depending on what you do, they're not very high in unit value. So you can have a major that's 33 units, 42 units, and unless you've already earned 80, you're still going to be okay. You know, so the sooner you start discovering, the better. So you're not impacted with the length of time in the university. There is a cap on financial aid. There's a cap on units and all of that sort of thing to try and help students early on reach out versus waiting until they're junior or senior and they decide, eh, I don't want that anymore. Or they kept repeating multiple courses because they really thought they wanted to finish that major and that was the only way to stay in it. Well, if you're having to repeat multiple courses early on, that might be an indication it's not the major for you. And we need to help you come to grips with that and find another plan that will help you succeed. We'll help you talk to your parents about changing your major because oftentimes there's expectations from others that are the reasons why you're staying in a major that you may not be wanting to or able to necessarily complete successfully and feel good about yourself about it too. So um, yeah, it does have an impact oftentimes, but then there's enough majors that are smaller in units, broad, so they're still marketable because, you know, employers look for critical thinking, they look for communication, they, they look for oral presentation, all of these things that they want in some of the basic courses. Even in our office, we, we, we all, I believe we all have a different bachelor's degree, and then we funneled into our specialty and our master's programs. There's a lot of options, and I think people just feel stuck that they have to do this linear path. Like, this major leads to this career, I have to do it. And nine times, or maybe I'll just say eight times out of ten, that's not necessarily the case. You can major in multiple things and still end up with the career you want. So, again, that's another reason why it's important to talk to somebody, because we want to help you find an efficient and effective route to reach your goals. You briefly mentioned options for grades, such as withdrawing from a class, taking an incomplete, or taking credit slash no credit in a class. Could you possibly elaborate a little bit more about these options and help differentiate which option is best and when? That is tricky because things have been changing since COVID. So grading options are, are a little bit different now than they have been traditionally and will be in the future, I imagine. So what I say now applies to while we're during this pandemic. Students that have been here for years before, this is new to them. Students that are just starting, they don't know any different, but it will change. Typically, an incomplete is a great option if you've already earned or completed most of the class. Like the policy says two thirds of the class with a passing grade. 
Now, sometimes professors will offer an incomplete if, it, if you don't have a passing grade because you've built the relationship with them and they know why your grade is struggling. But if you had time to finish it within the next year, you can very well bring up the grade and pass with like a C or higher. So an incomplete is a nice option if you're willing to continue doing the work even into the next semester or two because you have a year to complete a course where you have an incomplete. The trick with that is if you take out an incomplete, you're also starting a whole new semester's worth of courses. So you have to make sure you budget time to still complete that old class while you're working on your new classes. So we just have to pay attention to some of those deadlines. Now an incomplete in a spring class is probably manageable because you have all summer to pretty much work on the most of it. And then once you start fall, you might be done with finishing that incomplete and you can just focus on your fall classes. Credit no credit is an option until the last day of instruction. And again, that's only from fall and for this current spring, you can change your grade to a credit, no credit. Um, and what that means is if you earn a C or higher, you will get a credit. If you earn a D or an F, it would be a no credit. And both options have no impact on your GPA, but will either earn you three units or you won't earn three units based on if you got a no credit or a credit. What I've seen because of this pandemic is students that might be getting a C and their grade is so important to them, like everything else is A's and B's, but they have a C, they'll change it to a credit, no credit, so their GPA doesn't fall. Or if you are taking classes and you just struggle and you don't have any documentation to prove that you were going through a hardship, um, instead of failing all your classes, change them all to credit, no credit, um, and then you can go on. Now, the only drawback to credit, no credit is if it is a required course that you have to complete before you move on, but you got a no credit for it, you have to repeat it. And that goes towards your grade repeats of 28 units for your whole time you're at Fresno State. So the only detriment would be potentially if it's a class you have to take no matter what and you get a no credit, when you take it again, you'll have to use a repeat. But if it's like a GE course and there's like 25 other classes you can choose and the no credits, no big deal, leave it there and then take a different GE class. So it's, it's good to talk it out with an advisor if you can. It's, it's a good idea to withdraw when you actually have a documented hardship that you need to withdraw for. We've seen a lot of it for anxiety and depression lately, or you were in a car accident, or we've had students with DUIs that had to be gone for a little bit or rehab places or a lot of family trauma going on. They just couldn't deal with school. Um, but for the most part, you need something to prove your hardship. And that might be hard for students, but it's a nice way to just withdraw, have no negative effect on your GPA, and then just pick up that next semester. Everybody gets 18 units their whole time at Fresno State to withdraw. So you want to maybe, if you can, you can withdraw a whole semester if you want to, and then you'd use up 12 or 15 of those units. And that's why it's there to help you but maybe a combination of credit, no credit and withdraw might be nice. Um, I need to withdraw these classes because they are in person and I have no transportation, but these classes are all online. I can continue with those. That's typically the difference. Usually withdrawing is because there's a, a serious and compelling reason that's documented and then you wanna withdraw. Again, it's, it's almost case by case, but um, we did a lot of credit, no credit this last fall. And now we're like, oh yeah, they have to repeat some. So. Um, it just depends. So it's really nice to just at least ask a counselor what they think. 
On the path towards academic success, what are a couple of things students can do to ensure they can be successful inside the classroom? I would say engage with your faculty member, let them know who you are, ask questions if you can, maybe visit their office hours and kind of get to know them a little bit as well as let them know you and what you're doing and why you're in that class. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to email your faculty members. Do your homework. Get those little points. Do your homework. Show up. Get those points for that participation and homework because oftentimes that can make a huge difference in your grade. And I know study groups are hard through Zoom because not everybody's like reaching out, but I would encourage study groups or using the Learning Center because they have walk-in study times as well. And literally just stay up on things. Make sure you budget time outside of the classroom and between family responsibilities and work. Budget time in your schedule to do your work. Don't try and scramble and do it all. Everybody tells me I'd do better under pressure. Well, okay, you might, but then you might not remember everything for the final if it's cumulative. So review your course material every night before you go to bed. That helps you retain a lot more than if you don't review it again. So after Every class, review your notes, review what the instructor said, review the PowerPoint, whether you do that after class before the next one or you do it that night before you go to bed and you go over all the classes that you've done. Definitely do some reviews on a daily basis. An important question I wanted to bring to your attention, Kathy, is how can extracurricular activities that are outside of the classroom benefit a student's experience at Fresno State and how can it support their career path? That's a great question because I'm a firm believer in in getting involved on campus activities, whether it's virtually or in person. And that's one thing I was really bad at when I was a college student. And I, I see now what I missed out on. There's so many clubs and organizations that are related to majors or just interests. I would encourage you to join one of those because there's academic clubs where you can serve for in your college or your major as you know a chair of a you know, the chemistry department's, you know, student government thing or whatever is out there. Um, But I'd say get involved in some organizations and clubs just because it it enhances your experience. You'll be introduced to different people, even join a club that is outside your norm. Um, Expand your horizons while you're here. Go to campus events when we get them again. (laughs) So I would definitely do that. And it, it helps not only like giving you new ideas of potential majors or careers or thoughts that you may not know about if you just, if you get outside your, you're just you doing your homework with your friends, you can be exposed to a lot of different things, which is helpful. Plus, if you get involved in a club and organization, that's a great resume booster. And it's a great thing to list when you're applying to grad schools that you helped with a research team, you helped with your Craig School of Business uh, Finance Club you were the treasurer, you were the president. Those are all boosters that'll help you stand apart when hundreds of other people are applying for similar jobs. And perhaps if you're in a small club that has a faculty advisor, you'll get to know that advisor very well over the course of your time at Fresno State. And when you need rec letters for jobs and or grad school, you'll know who you can go to that knows you well enough to write a quality letter, not just this person's great, you should hire them. You know, you want some personalized recommendation letters. So that's another reason why inside the classroom, you want to know your faculty and outside the classroom, you want to get to know people across campus in different areas because there's so much the university has to offer study abroad. They're still doing study abroad. You just go through organizations, which is great. So yes, I think they can help benefit you because you'll stay motivated. 
you'll be connected, you'll know there's a bigger purpose to your degree, and you won't just feel like you're doing high school all over again by yourself or just in minor minor clubs. So get involved. It's it's really it's really important. Could you provide to our listeners some of the resources beyond advising that you would recommend to students to take advantage of during their time attending Fresno State? And we actually have a list of all of the resources on campus at the University Advising Center website. We have a PDF document, but definitely this student cover because you can get food and necessities and toiletries and diapers and all sorts of things that might be hard to purchase on your own when you have a tight income. Health and counseling is critical for a lot of people and they're just afraid to reach out for um, counseling. We have Let's Talk, we have anonymous counseling, we have grief counseling, we have group counseling, we have parents being counseled. I think that's important. And I definitely recommend the Learning Center. Their, their tutors are excellently trained. They're not just regurgitating information. They've been taught how to kind of teach and help it go into your memory and, and for comprehension. Reach out to the Learning Center. They have hundreds of classes that they have tutors for. And I think what they're doing now also is like drop in um, tutoring or drop in study halls. So use the Learning Center. They're here virtually and they've done amazing things. And support net, if you're struggling and you don't know why, like, do I need help with time management? Do I need help with test taking? Do I need help with memory and comprehension? How do I read a textbook? Do I need help relaxing? If you want to be assessed for your motivation and your learning style, the support net office does all of that. I think students often don't realize the resources we have that can help them achieve their academic goals. We have a writing center to help with writing. There's a lot more. I think I'm kind of drawing a blank, but our website has a link to a PDF document for resources. College life looks so different in light of the pandemic, and we know that students are still adapting to these changes. What advice or words of wisdom would you like to share with our listeners? You can call it advice or you can call it words of wisdom, but I'm going to say it's just some thoughts (laughs) and advice. If you're having struggles with, and I forgot to mention this, so I'm going to tag team it with the last one. If you're having struggles with electronic devices, iPads, like I talked to a student, she was on her phone the entire semester. She didn't have a laptop or an iPad or anything. We have laptops, we have iPads, we have hotspots. Reach out to the tech services department, reach out to the discovery hub. So I know those are still some struggles. Finding quiet places to try and do your studies and your homework. I know we're all at home or there's not very many places that are open to have you go inside to sit and use somebody else's Wi-Fi. Find a place that you can at your home. I had a student was in their laundry room. We've had students in their garages. We've had students go back to their high school because their high school is open and they sat in their area to do study. So find a place that you can study um, as free of distractions as possible for yourself. And with a synchronous, asynchronous online, um, your schedule may not be set like it normally is if you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9, 10, and 1. So I'd recommend replacing that freedom with a schedule, a self-induced schedule where you plot out your week. And even though your classes might be asynchronous or online and you only need to turn in stuff, you know, Friday by midnight or whatnot, budget an hour or two a day, or at least an hour a day for each class dedicated. So if your classes are asynchronous, you're still dedicating an hour and a half as if you were in the classroom to focus. Um, I think that's probably a big struggle. I know it would be for me if I was a student to actually have structure. So build in structure and hold yourself to it. Obviously, it's not all study in all school. You also have hopefully some sort of social life, whether it's Zoom or drive-bys or you're meeting at a park or whatever you do. 
Um, and you also have family obligations and you also have, you know, Netflix binges that you want to do. So budget all that in there, but try and create a schedule for yourself. I think that will help you feel a little bit more in control and less at the mercy of what's going on. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast and for being here to help all of us as well. It was especially beneficial learning about the different options for grades like withdrawing or taking credit, no credit. And I'm definitely going to do my best to review my class content a little bit more every day. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this week's podcast. Join us every week as we continue conversations on health and wellness. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FS Health Center, where we will share other ways you can build a healthier you.